Today on State Scoop's Priorities Podcast from Scoop News Group, modernization changes in North Carolina, Indiana's approach to cyber grants, and a closer look at automation in Tennessee. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community, and you'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world. You'll also learn about the latest news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, State Scoop's VP of Content and Community, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening this week. At least six states have reported a confirmed or potential exposure to a global cyber attack by a ransomware group exploiting a recently discovered vulnerability in the popular file transfer platform MoveIt. Agencies in Minnesota, Illinois, Missouri, Louisiana, Oregon, and Maryland have all reported that their files were exposed, potentially affecting millions of residents across the country. The New Mexico Human Services Department awarded a $39 million contract to General Dynamics IT as part of an ongoing effort to replace the state's Medicaid enrollment and provider management system. The contract is specifically for the replacement of the state's Medicaid benefit management services system, which the department uses to process claims, detect fraud, and provide other services. The Biden administration is preparing to distribute $930 million for 35 broadband construction projects around the country aimed at building out the middle mile infrastructure that connects large regional fiber networks to the local networks that reach individual homes and businesses. The initiatives receiving funding include multi-state projects to lay hundreds of miles of fiber, undersea routes to Hawaii, as well as an open access network running 431 miles through eastern Nevada. You can find these stories and more at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. North Carolina is pivoting its digital services approach to being one that is more focused on the individual user rather than the government bureaucracy. State CIO Jim Weaver says the shift aligns with changing resident expectations and represents a shift from online services to a truly digital government. Weaver tells me about the shift and how it's changing his focus in North Carolina. When we think about the great things we're doing in North Carolina and Governor Cooper's priority for us of a healthier, educated, prosperous, and equitable North Carolina, broadband still is the number one priority for me. We are working feverishly to get all North Carolinians connected to high-speed internet access. It's critical for our state's infrastructure, our job growth, the economic growth that we're seeing in the state. Um, And and again, we've seen it during the pandemic, the impact that lack of access has had on education. So we're we're thrilled with the amount of work that we're doing there. Nate's award is so well-deserved. His team is just knocking it out of the park. Along the same lines, uh, cyber. Uh, As we're seeing here, we're making some significant investments in cyber. Governor's recommended budget to the General Assembly um, was about $60 million investment for us and my agency across the enterprise and upcoming cyber initiatives. We continue to see the threat actors leveraging uh, advanced technologies. We try have, you know, I, it's hard to say we're going to keep pace with them, but we got to be in a better position to be able to react and respond when something does go wrong um, and be more efficient in those response because ultimately at the end of the day, we're protecting our state's uh, sensitive data. And then, you know, lastly, we have the legacy modernization that kind of goes hand in hand with the whole cyber aspect. But as we look to build resiliency, as we look to get more and more of our um, mission critical applications in the cloud, it's also going to give us an opportunity to go ahead and secure them in a different fashion than what we had done in the past. We've been talking about modernization with CIOs for for years. Mm -hmm. What's different about this moment in modernization in 2023? You know, I I think first and foremost, it's the demand from our our residents of our state on how they want to engage with government. And I often talk about it's a paradigm shift. We're very much online focused, but I don't, I I struggle to say that we're digital. And for me, being digital is, is when I change the conversation to you as the individual consuming the services, because in North Carolina, no one single person engages with a single agency. 
It's a multiplicity of agencies, and we got to start accounting for how does a uh, resident of our state want to engage? Um, and again, we are very fortunate in North Carolina to have a large military population, 17, seven military bases. Um, and, and so they're not necessarily credential holders within North Carolina. And when you think about traditional DMV, paying income tax, things of that nature, but there are a large consumer of our services. And we got to be very respectful of our of our military members, their spouses, dependents, and our veterans on, on how we provide those services as well. So I think that consumer engagement it has changed. And because of that paradigm change, it's really driving our modernization efforts. And so back to, to broadband, which the first thing you brought up, I mean, how, how where are you at with that, right? Such an mm -hmm. ambitious agenda to get everyone connected in a pretty short period of time. I mean, what what's left to do uh, on that? Uh, we got a lot, yeah. unfortunately. Um, it's, it's a journey. It's not necessarily a destination. What we've been able to do so far is, first and foremost, Governor Cooper uh, recommended a little bit north of a billion dollars to spend. The General Assembly had concurred with that. So broadband is one of these issues that is not, it's bipartisan. It's not politically driven. Everyone recognizes the importance of it in the future and the sustainability of the state of North Carolina. So up to date so far, we're finalizing our agreements with our suppliers and our counties to, to basically get $272 million out the door which right now is targeting 109,000 households and more importantly, 3,600 businesses being able to now get on the digital highway. The businesses are a force multiplier. That's it's going to tremendously help economic growth, especially in our, uh, I want to say more rural areas, but less urban uh, buildup areas. Um, we have a lot more to do. We still are looking at opportunities with our continuing access to broadband program to partner with our counties. Our uh, broadband equity efforts are underway. Uh, right now we have a listening tour going on around the state. Um, very focused on listening to the at the grassroots level at our community leaders, our centers of influence. What are the barriers that are that is stopping connectivity, and how do we overcome them? So again, we're getting that that type of feedback as well as we respond back on, on the BEAT program and uh, and our submissions for additional federal funds from uh, NTIA. Yeah. And lastly, you you are a State Secret Fifty Award winner. Uh, you know, we were talking earlier. You've sort of been around for a while, in different roles, different states. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have on leadership? On on getting to where you are in your career? You know, I, I'm, I'm often asked to contrast and, um, and compare the three states I've been in. I've been very blessed to be in three awesome states. Really, at the end of the day, for me, it has come down to the authorizing and operating environments that we have to live in. No, we're fond of saying you've been in one state, you've been in one state. That is so true. Um, and so you got to recognize uh, the authorizing operating environments you're living within, and then more importantly, your ecosystem as well. Um, we had new member orientation or new state CIOs on Saturday. Um, one of the rules was the golden rule, do not get in the headlights of your governor, right? Never get in front of your governor on an issue. Um, so very, very uh, focused on working through the governor's office, making sure that while we're out here trying to do these great things within North Carolina, we go back to being consistent and um, with what the governor's trying to accomplish. And again, it goes back to those four themes. So our strategic plan, all our strategic initiatives aligned to prosperous, healthier, educated, North Carolina. James Weaver, Chief Information Officer for the state of North Carolina. You can read more about him and modernization at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. I'm Jake Williams, host of the Priorities Podcast. Next week on the show, Wyoming's interim CIO Timothy Sheehan joins the conversation to discuss his top projects and priorities right now. You can subscribe to the show at prioritiespodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Indiana is gearing up for incoming funding from the federal government as part of the state and local cyber grants program that are being issued as part of the 2021 infrastructure law. Indiana CIO Tracy Barnes says the state's looking to use the money to help create statewide services that can be used by local governments as well. Barnes tells states who's Benjamin Freed about his approach to the funding and what's next for the state's cyber efforts.
But right now, we are very, very heavily heads down on the state local cybersecurity grant program. Um, that is really consuming the majority of our time, trying to continue building those relationships with our local government entities, um, working with the federal partners. We just recently were able to get our uh, strategic plan submitted, waiting on that feedback and approval from the federal government. Um, trying to get the, the details of the projects and initiatives that we want to get kicked off here as soon as we get that, that thumbs up and uh, ready to get launched on that, that initiative. What's the uh, strategy looking like? Is it going to be sub-grants or maybe more of a whole-of-state approach? Um, our goal is to try and be more whole-of-state and let there be more central services uh, available to all local governments instead of just those few that, that often have the ability and wherewithal to apply for a sub-recipient grant. Um, our goal is to try and get as comprehensive as possible and as expansive as possible. Um, so, uh, workforce is a big issue uh, as ever, maybe bigger than ever, uh, and uh, uh, the state of Indiana uh, just won a, won a, a state scoop of a 50 award for the Earn and Learn program, for the, for the state Earn and Learn program. Uh, tell us a bit about uh, how that program's come along and, and some of the successes we've had. Our SEAL program has been uh, going amazingly well. Um, there's always work to do to make things better and want to keep improving it. But thus far, we've had about 50 SEALs come through our program, um, 22 of which have graduated that I'm aware of, and uh, continuing to bring people from that, that non-tech background in space and converting them into a tech footprint. Giving them that on-the-job training, um, coupling with some education, uh, and that, that hands-on activity with our agencies and with our departments to get them really prepared that after that 12-month cycle completes, they're ready to dive in and be productive on day one. Um, the, the program is going phenomenally. Uh, participants are uh, very engaged. They're very uh, uh, pleased with the outcomes. And thus far, the, de the departments and teams that have hired them have been very pleased with their capabilities and their readiness for actual real world work. Are there any other uh, programs or steps that you're taking to really uh, find uh, and find and recruit and retain uh, the, the tech talent that you need? Uh, honestly, the, the main thing for us has been uh, marketing and communication. To be honest with you, I mean, as technologists, we don't often brag about the work that we do. Uh, we're in a, often a, a hidden gem behind all the operations and activities of the other agencies. We've been very aggressive and started to build up a social media campaign and activities to get more awareness about who we are, what positions we have available, what are we looking to do, getting our strategy out there, letting people see that government technology is often the innovator and leader in a lot of tech spaces because of the, the vast footprint of activities that we have to support from transportation, motor vehicles, health services, unemployment, we have technology footprints that span almost every tech uh, capability on the planet. And so our teams are crucial to making that happen. We just continue to let people know what we're able to do and that we're open and that we're looking for that talent and trying to get more folks aware of and connected to our agencies. Tracy Barnes, the Chief Information Officer for the state of Indiana. You can read more about him and cyber grants at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. Tennessee is moving its focus on robotic process automation forward. Last week on the podcast, Stephanie Dedman explained the big picture. This week, we're joined by Bob Pucci, the state's executive director of intelligent automation, to hear more detail. Pucci tells me about how automation is growing in Tennessee. Yeah, so it's a unique position, and uh, basically the state leadership about two or three years ago uh, wanted to do an initiative to um, improve the customer um, satisfaction and the employee work environment. So they initiate this program to do um, intelligent automation across the state. Uh, so we started off with using a robotic process automation, uh, partnering with UiPath, 
and um, and then pretty much went across the state and started addressing multiple agencies as opposed to doing it as a silo because then you don't have the reusability and trying to be optimal when you're um, when you're deploying. Otherwise, people get kind of exhausted and don't keep the momentum and excitement, right? So we basically did a kind of a horizontal net over over the state, over the agencies and then just started working with them and started building it out. So um, right now we're at about 15 uh, agencies um, within the last two years that are in production in some shape or form with uh, process automation. Uh, we use um, technologies such as robotic process automation, um, artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, optical uh, character recognition uh, and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so I mean, you know, this is something that's traditionally pretty hard in government, right? Taking something that's relatively new, uh, considering, and, and implementing it in a real way that delivers real results. What was that like for you? Yeah, it was it was a challenge because you're absolutely right. Public sector is known as you know to be very bureaucratic or what have you, but we really broke we pretty much broke the mold on that. And we're extremely nimble, and it's due to the, I mean, it's a, the solution's really cool. It's bleeding edge what we do do. Uh, it's like uh, cloud-based and optimal and all that stuff. But in reality, it's the collaboration we've had uh, within um, Strategic Technology Solutions, my uh, CIO's organization. Uh, so it's kind of like cross-org organization, procurement, um, infrastructure, CTOs, et cetera. And then it was our collaboration and commitment um, across all the agencies, as well as um, developing awareness at the statewide level, doing marketing videos, doing a real dashboard operation, um, executive uh, metrics and stuff like that. So we really pushed and kept pushing the envelope on awareness. And then once we did that, people were like, wow, can we jump on the, on, you know, on the train? And that's how it's really uh, affected. So it's really uh, awareness. Uh, collaboration, uh, coordination, and commitment from all of our sister agencies and my my peer organizations. That's been our secret to success. And how, you know, I mean, if, if, if another, and I'm sure you get calls like this, but if another state, if another, you know, organization similar to yours wanted to do something similar, what advice do you have for them to make it successful? Yeah, we, we pretty much try to, you know, have them build the foundation out like a center of excellence. And then we try to, you know, Look at it horizontal, horizontal, horizontally, not just a vertical like agency, because if you look at every agency, there are redundant divisions like HR, personnel, communications, legal, fiscal. They're all the same. I mean, they might have a little nuance because it's a specific agency like agriculture or um, environmental or um, child services. But there are all these divisions that really, at the core, have the same basic flow or process, but it's unique to that, you know, that agency um, function, if you will. So if you look at it holistically, then you have a great deal of reusability. And then it's really also looking at when you design it from an architectural perspective, a lot of people say, I'm going to build it for this agency. And what happens when you want to go to six agencies? Now you just have all these this costs to build out your infrastructure. But if you actually do it up front, you could design it where the number of servers we're using right now at 100 automations is going to be the same number of servers we use at 400 automations. 
So in other words, we've just removed that infrastructure investment you're gonna to have to keep doing. So that's how I try to get in the center of excellence, do all your architecture infrastructures up front, and then try to, try to take a more than a, a single agency or division approach. And so, I mean, you know, with that kind of scaling potential, what does this look like in the future in Tennessee? How do you see this continuing to grow? Yeah, we, I mean, our charter is to basically get across the 23 uh, um, executive branch agencies, um, but it's going to go beyond that. We already have non-executive uh, um, agencies wanting to jump on board. So um, my anticipation is it's just going to keep going for a good you know, I, I think, you know, five to seven years until we've actually found all of the um, optimization efficiencies we can we can to bring the you know, to bring the customers better service and make um, the work environment much happier for our employees. Bob Pucci, Executive Director of Intelligent Automation for the State of Tennessee. You can read more about him and automation at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. There, you'll also find a link to meet this year's Statescoop 50 winners, including Pucci and our first guest, Jim Weaver. You can subscribe to the Priorities Podcast at PrioritiesPodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, be sure to leave a review or a rating on the podcast page. They make it more likely that more people will find the show. The podcast is a production of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Carlin Fisher helps put it together and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm your host, Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.